BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, and welcome back to Note to Solve with Peyton Sarton. That's me. I'm Peyton Sarton. Happy Thursday. You know what I was thinking about today? So I, I love Thursdays and I'm really happy that I moved pushing like new episodes of Note to Self uh, live on Thursdays because we started out on Tuesdays, which I enjoyed, but I feel like Thursdays just, there's like a fun kind of almost weekend element to it. Also, you can kind of go out on Thursdays and it's totally socially acceptable to do that. And I don't know, it's just a fun, surprising day. Like if you go out on a Thursday, it could be like literally the best, best day ever because you didn't expect it to be so fun because it's like, a, it's not a Friday or a Saturday. So anyways, those are my deep thoughts for the morning. Uh, let's see, let's see, what do I have to tell you guys? So last weekend, I went to Oakland with Joe. Joe is from Oakland, so we went back. Uh, he actually has been going back a lot recently. He was doing some stuff for work, like just some appointments he needed to go to um, for like getting ready for the new season and stuff. And then one of his friends has been living in Australia for a few years now, one of his best friends, and he hasn't seen him in like literal years at this point because of all the COVID rules and things like that. So we went back to Oakland so that they could do, you know, a little reunion. I think every year he was telling me him and his friends get together at the beginning of the year or like the very end of the year to do like a little reset dinner where they all talk about what they want to do in the new year and like all this stuff. I don't know. It's one of their, the I don't know, traditions, I guess, that him and his friends have done. And most of his friends he's been besties with for a really long time. So I guess they postponed this year's dinner and they went ahead and did it this last weekend. So I met some of the girlfriends uh, of the other guys. I already had known a few of them. And then uh, we just hung out in Oakland, saw Joe's family. And now we're back in Texas, obviously. Uh, it was a really fun weekend. I feel like I'm traveling a lot right now. This weekend, actually, we're going to Austin and I'm going to do a partnership with a hotel there. So I haven't been to Austin in such a long time. And Joe has never been to Austin. So I'm excited for him to meet all my friends there. I will say my Austin friends are a, they're a fucking rowdy bunch. It's, it's an experience <laughs> for sure. So I'm excited for Joe to meet them. We'll see what happens. Y'all follow me on stories this uh, weekend. If you guys want to see some Austin favorites, to be quite honest, I was in college at Texas A&M, which was about, I don't know, two hours away from Austin. And we'd go visit the University of Texas a lot because some of my friends went there and they have fun parties and stuff. 
So I've been going to Austin since I was 18 and I am 28 right now. And let me tell you, every time I go to Austin to this day, I have no idea what my favorite things to do are there or my favorite places to go for drinks or my favorite places to go eat are because I am fully blackout the whole time. It's always a disaster. So at 28, I'm thinking maybe get it together just a little bit. So I'll have better recommendations for you because when I get asked that question, I'm literally like, oh damn, I really don't know. (laughs) That's really, that's not good. That's embarrassing. So hopefully this time I can get my shit together and things will be good. And I will have some recommendations for you guys. If you're listening to this later, I'll put them all in an Austin highlight on my Instagram. Um, Instagram is at Peyton Sarton. If you guys are new here, you can find that in the show notes. So anyways, that is basically it. Just some light traveling in this last week or so and heading into the weekend. I really wish I could stay in Dallas at all times. I'm so tired as much as I love traveling and it's very fun. It's fun to see new places, go see old friends, meet new friends, etc. But we just got settled in Dallas and we have been all over the place. And then Joe's going to leave for spring training this month or next month or something next month. Yeah. Next month. Um, we're actually not sure when he's leaving next month, so we'll see, but he will be gone. He'll be in Florida for, you know, however long that lasts a month and a half or two months. Can you tell? I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) I literally just like go look at their schedule online. I'm like, Oh, okay. You're in Florida these days. So anyways, there's just so many moving parts, like I always say, and it would be nice to spend more weekends relaxing in Dallas, but what can you do? And because I've been kind of all over the place, we're doing another solo episode this week. I'm really happy to know that a lot of you prefer solo episodes, actually. I think that I have had minimal guests on here just because in the last, you know, six months, Again, I've been all over the place and I want to get episodes up without having to um, rely on like only posting when I have guests or something like that. So we'll figure out how to make that work later with a ton of different guests because I'd love to bring so many people on. I'd like to travel more to record with really interesting people across the U.S. and maybe overseas at some point. So We'll see how that goes, but for now, you just got me, especially this week after all of this, I really didn't have time to record with anybody, but I had you guys ask me some questions on Instagram. I do Q and A's on my Instagram story like weekly, and I thought I would take a few of the questions you had recently and kind of speak to them more at length. So just talk about them a little bit more in depth than I would on like an Instagram story slide. We'll just jump in right here because... I really have nothing else to update you guys on. All right. So the question, the first question, how do you deal with comparison with other girls and how do you build your self-confidence? So obviously comparison, super easy because we're all on Instagram all day. We're all on TikTok all day. We are so aware of how many people in the world uh, are smarter than us or more successful than us or richer than us. Or, you know, there's plenty of people that we think are prettier than us. I think for me, I am truly to my core, an independent person. And what I mean by this is I don't often look at other people's lives as affecting mine 
in really any way, especially in a negative way. So it's a little bit detached of me, but it really does allow me to not live in comparison because I view them and their successes and failures as separate from me and my successes and failures. And so because of this, I don't feel threatened by others and I'm not very competitive, which I do wish I was more competitive. I wish I understood that really competitive drive. Uh, Joe has it, obviously he plays sports for his job. He's ultra competitive at anything he can be competitive about. My entire family, every member of my family is ultra competitive. I just was always wondering why I wasn't that way. And there's something about like someone beating me at something. I don't like, it doesn't make me leap to action really, you know, and it doesn't put like a fire in me. I just don't care. I don't care. I wish I cared, honestly. So when it comes to my friends, I, or anyone really, I genuinely like when they're killing it at work or if they look beautiful, but I don't necessarily look at someone who's beautiful and be like, oh, I'm so ugly. You can like look at someone who's beautiful and appreciate that they're beautiful and not be so offended by it. And I'm going to be quite honest. I have no idea how I got here. I know. I mean, I've got a lot of issues with the way I think about things. This is just not one of them. It's another thing that really helps me not get super jealous too, which is an emotion that, you know, since I was younger, I really didn't, didn't understand because I would have friends do things to me or be upset with me for doing, you know, things well, if I did look cute one day or if a boy liked me or if I was doing well at school or whatever it was, I did have friends who were really salty about it because, of course, growing up, everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Like if you're, you know, people don't know what's people can't really notice jealousy in themselves when they're young like that. So, I mean, everyone gets grace. I really I don't hold it against any of these people. But anyways, I did have friends who were jealous, not only of me, but of other people, too. And when someone would tell me, oh, they're just jealous or my mom would be like, it's so clear they're just jealous. I truly like couldn't wrap my brain around it. Like I literally was like, that seems like an excuse that you're just telling me to make me feel better because I don't, that doesn't make any sense because it just doesn't make any sense to me, but that's just the way my brain works. So I, I say all of this to say, I honestly don't have a lot of tips when it comes to this besides learning to really logistically, like truly understand that someone doing something well or someone having something that you deem better than yours, whether it's your brain or your body or your life, (laughs) it has nothing to do with you. Like it's okay. Let them have that good stuff. You've got good stuff too. Maybe it's different good stuff, or maybe you just don't realize how good your stuff is because you're so negative about it. I don't know, whatever your problem is. So I just really have internalized this whole thought process and it doesn't take anything away from me. And I'm really good at plenty of things and I'll always be okay just being me and someone else being great at whatever it is that they're great at is great for them. None of my business, honestly. I will say for some of my friends who have dealt with this, because I know like, I don't want to make it seem like that's not a completely normal thing to think. I know so many people who struggle with this. It's just a part of most people's lives, I think. Maybe it's my issues with being like overly detached. I have no idea. But let me tell you, therapy is a good one for this one. I love therapy. I love it. It's amazing. This kind of feels like therapy actually (laughs) for me. 
<laughs> I hope it feels like therapy for you too, but highly, highly recommend seeing someone to talk about this because a lot of the time therapists in my experience just state the obvious like things that are just so obvious that make so much sense that for some reason, like you just couldn't realize or couldn't see before they said it. It's so simple. So highly recommend that, especially for something like this, it should be pretty easy to logistically understand. I think once you speak to someone and like really kind of figure out where these feelings lie in yourself and why they're there. And then you guys can, you can get to the root of the problem is what I'm saying. And then it's easy to fix though. It might take like consistent work for a little period of time in your life, but you know, then you'll be free. All right. So I guess I need, I don't really know if this is a trigger warning type of situation, but, um, this question is about eating disorders and I'm not going to get super deep into it, um, because it's just not my area of expertise, but someone asked me, have you ever had any type of eating disorder or body dysmorphia? So I think we all struggle from time to time with body dysmorphia. I feel like that's really normal for me in terms of body dysmorphia specifically. I just realized to not take myself so seriously. And I've talked about this on Instagram a bit before where I do generally have a pretty simple, straightforward, good relationship with food. Not my entire life, but definitely in the last like, I don't know, five, 10 years, I just have other priorities and I'm so busy most of the time that I really don't have that much time to fixate and obsess over food. And that just happened naturally with work and things like that. I also like, I, it's just not a priority for my body to be perfect. Obviously everyone wants to look as good as possible. I would say that's, that seems to be standard across the board. People would rather look, you know, quote in shape than not in shape, but for me, there are other priorities I have in my life that are more important to me that I spend my time on. So at the end of the day, like there's just not enough hours to like put towards having the most perfect body I could ever have, you know? So I just tend to be like, you know, it's fine. Like body dysmorphia, maybe you look at yourself in the mirror and you see something a little bit different. I know that there are severe cases of this. I personally have never dealt with that. I de I've dealt with it in the fact that I'm like, Ugh, you know, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I'm just being nitpicky, but nothing that truly upset me to my core, at least in recent years. I will say, uh, when I was younger throughout my entire childhood, actually, I would eat to feel like sedated. Basically. I've always had a lot of anxiety. I've done an episode about it actually kind of more towards the beginning of this podcast. And for me, I loved binge eating. It brought me a lot of just calm and Zen. I don't know the details behind that. It did make me feel like so Thanksgiving level full. And I was always Thanksgiving level full, like intensely. So, so that would be probably one of the issues I've had with food, using it to like, um, as essentially, like I said, sedate me and to take my mind off of anxiety, I would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. I never, was one to purge. I know that some people kind of do both, but this was just a simple way for me to like kind of take my mind off of anxiety kind of by giving myself a stomach ache, I guess. I have no idea. Um, but I would definitely like nervous eat all the time. So other than that though, I'm really lucky to have not had like a really, really serious life altering 
kind of complication with food in my life or I guess complex relationship with it. I didn't realize until being more involved in social media how often young women specifically develop an extremely negative relationship to food and to control kind of go hand in hand. Um, and I'm super sympathetic to it. I realize it's a huge problem. I personally haven't dealt with it to the extent that I feel like I can give a lot of insight here. Again, therapy is a wonderful option for anyone who feels like this is becoming something in your life that you feel like you need to get a hold of better. And again, similar to the you know question before, I think that this type of complex relationship with food um, or complicated relationship with food is pretty normal in young women, especially. And it is disheartening, of course. Um, but I don't think that, you know, you're not alone if this is something that you're dealing with. And there are plenty of people who are professionals who would be willing to talk to you and talk you through this. And I think you should definitely reach out if it's something you feel like you need um, to really discuss with somebody. I will say I've been using uh, betterhelp.com. This is not sponsored. Um, I actually was working with them on YouTube recently, and I use BetterHelp for uh, just talking with a therapist, uh, a licensed professional, about a few separate things. And I really enjoyed my experience with them. It's quick. I don't have to go sit in a waiting room. And I got connected with someone that I do really like. So uh, if you guys need any help in this area, I highly recommend going to BetterHelp or finding a licensed professional through your insurance, because oftentimes your insurance will cover things like that. All right, next, this question says, do you have motivation tips to work out and study during university exam season? So this applies really to any period of time where you might need to be more kind of on it than normal. If you're in school and you're going through exams, obviously this applies to that. Maybe you just have work and you have an insanely busy schedule or some kind of event coming up that you really just need to be on your A game. So for me, scheduling is so important during this time and getting ahead of my schedule and planning everything out ahead of time makes my life so much easier. So plan your studying the time, your studying sessions or work, um, workouts, et cetera, just do it all ahead of time. So planning ahead and making it easy to get everything done is so key, but be realistic and don't put too much on your plate. So let's say you usually work out four times a week. Maybe that week you work out two times or three times, whatever you can fit in. You really need to make sure you're giving yourself grace. I think when you're stressed out, I know for me, like being active does help me mentally a lot. So maybe you just do shorter workouts, um, whatever you can fit into your schedule, make sure that you're not putting way too much pressure on yourself while also getting the things done that you feel like your body just needs. So I also try to, during these times, make sure to schedule and fun things that I want to look forward to. So like whether it's a quick lunch with my friend as a study break, or I study with someone, this is what I did in college at least, or we went and grabbed coffee, or I just scheduled in my time to get on Pinterest and like kind of start feeling inspired or read or watch my show, whatever it is, like schedule in that time ahead as well. So you have something to look forward to and you just don't feel like you're like, droning on and on and on. One thing that's really helped me during these times too, is to kind of like 
go into autopilot. So once you're, you've got everything planned and, you know, scheduled out in a realistic way, you don't need to like really have your planner controlling hat on anymore because you already did that. So you can set that to the side and just kind of go on like autopilot, follow your schedule, trust the schedule that you set out for yourself, because more often than not, you'll be able to get all the stuff done that you need to get done if you've been doing it in a realistic way. And then while you're doing each thing, while you're studying, while you're scheduling in, you know, your quick lunch with your friend, you'll really be present in that moment and it will just make the most of that time period. Uh, But I think the biggest thing here is just really to, again, plan ahead, stay on schedule if you can. And give yourself grace where you need it because you don't want to be overly stressed about, you know, let's say working out again four times a week, like I said, when you have like exams to worry about that week. Like you can take off some of that uh, extra kind of, I don't want to say extra because it is important, but you can take off some of that stuff that doesn't absolutely need to be done right now and let yourself like take a moment to rest. That's another thing. Schedule in some like resting time where you can close your eyes, take a power nap, make sure you're getting your sleep, you know, schedule in literally when you're going to get your sleep. And I think that you'll, once you kind of control all of your time like that, it'll be easier to kind of get through that, you know, two weeks or so of just like what seems to be chaos. But now that you've scheduled it out, it really isn't. All right. So this question says, what are you currently manifesting? I would say the biggest thing I'm really thinking is going to come into my life. I have to say it that way because I'm like, you know, manifesting. Go listen to my episode about manifesting if you guys want to know more about how I do these things. But for me, I'm really looking forward to this year, more opportunities for work and more opportunities to make travel a bigger part of my job. That's like definitely one thing I'm really looking forward to. And as I'm manifesting it, I'm always saying it in like a statement like that. Like I am going to be working more and traveling more for work. Um, for me, the opportunities that I'm looking forward to the most are just ones that I genuinely enjoy and kind of can flex my creativity with brands that I just absolutely love. I'm also really looking forward to collaborating with brands for capsule collections. I think it's so fun to partner with a brand to create something new. So I'm really looking forward to doing some of those and then also attracting loving relationships with the people I'm supposed to be around in life to make myself happier and to make them happier. Uh, Joe is a big part of that this year and being in Dallas close to friends for, you know, at least half the year makes us easier, I think. And it's a really great thing to focus on this year, I think. And the next question says, how do you balance being present in the moment while getting content daily? So one really easy answer to this is creating content in batches. A lot of people do this. A lot of people will go out and shoot like a bunch of outfits in one day. Um, so this when it comes to like in-feed posting and things, you can kind of pre-schedule. So you have more free time, you get it all done at once. Otherwise, I think what I've noticed about myself is that I'm really quick with content and I think it allows me to show parts of my life in a way that's not too curated because a lot of the photos and videos I take are taken quickly and on a whim, especially when Joe's taking it and I don't want to make him sit there for hours and hours and do it. I'm just like, I already kind of know what I want to do. I'll take the photo and we'll move on. Like it's not um, a big to do kind of. And I've been trying to be more on the fly with my content because it's the kind of content I like to consume uh, rather than more, I don't know, performative content. I think the whole performative does really well in some 
in some ways. I also think sometimes people can like be, they'll try to look like they're on a whim or like the content will look like it's on a whim, but really it like took a lot of effort and work to produce. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my best to make sure I'm not fixating too much on making things absolutely perfect and pristine in my content. And that helps me a lot because that means I don't have to spend that much time on producing and feed content. Now, when this is my job, I should be taking it seriously and it should, you know, something should take a little while. Not everything needs to be on a whim. I think it's easier to say that if content isn't your job, if you just do this for fun, not taking it so seriously is, is relatively easy. But right now this is how I pay my rent. <laughs> so I'm trying to balance kind of that whimsy and kind of taking photos and things like that quickly. And as life happens with getting the work done that I need to get done that I'm contractually obligated to do in the way that brands are asking me to do it. So there's a balance there for sure. I will say one thing that really helps with this too is actually like filling my life with the things that I love. So like I wear all the clothes that I love. It's easier to get constant that way because I'm already wearing the clothes that I love. I like to go out and eat. I like to, you know, get dressed up. I like to travel. And with this kind of stuff, I'm kind of living my life and doing content at the same time. And it doesn't feel so rigid in terms of like actually creating the content. So the next question is how do you find your true friends? You know, as I've gotten older, I've really thinned out my friend group, some more purposefully and some just because, you know, you live in different places. That's not to say that like people who I kind of grow from a little bit, I don't find my way back to or talk to when I can. But day to day, I feel like I just am very busy. So as you get older, you just have less friends that are actively involved in your life. It is sad, I will say. But at the same time, it's just the reality of the situation. I do try to make time to see and chat with uh, the friends that are making a huge impact on my life when I can. But in similar ways to like a romantic relationship, I think that these things just kind of almost happen to you. And like you can't force or look too hard because to me, in my opinion and in my life, the friends who are supposed to be in my life are just naturally there. And again, maybe we won't talk every single day, but some of my best friends, especially my friends from college, like they know I love them. I know they love me and we see each other when we can. Um, and they're just a part of my life naturally. I didn't have to really try to make them be in my life or force it or anything like that, which I feel really lucky. But I think similar to, to in a relationship, like I said, these are just those things that naturally evolve, at least in my life they have. And you just kind of have to let them. I will say in my, you know, mid to late twenties here, I definitely know the kind of people that I don't enjoy being around or that aren't good for me. So I do try to keep my distance from those people. That doesn't mean that I hate them. It doesn't mean that I think they're horrible people. It's just that like, I don't really have time for the chaos and the drama and the mess when it comes to my friends, because I'm just so tired. <laughs> uh, so I like to have friends that make me feel overall 
good about myself and bring peace into my life. And I like to provide that for my friends. So when you find those people, keep them close, make sure you let them know that you love them and, um, just let people naturally, you know, drift in and out of your life as they will. And the right ones end up staying. So the last question I'm going to answer today is asking about how I'm going to handle moving so much with Joe's job. For those of you, if you're new here, I know I all, I keep saying this. So sorry if you've heard this a million times. Uh, my boyfriend, Joe plays in the major leagues. He's a baseball player. So he and I, now that we live together, will be moving at least, I guess, twice a year. So it's been half the year in Dallas, where we are currently, and then half the year in DC, where he's playing right now. He plays for the Nationals there. He goes to spring training for like two months out of the year, too, but I won't be joining him for that. I'm just going to stay here in Dallas. And then he'll be traveling like they they start the season and for like six months, it's literally every single day they're traveling. It's all over the place. I will stay in DC pretty much the whole time though, unless I feel like going on trips and stuff, which I, you know, I probably will. I think I'm already going to do definitely a trip to Paris, hopefully this spring, uh, Coachella stagecoach, maybe for work and then plenty of trip to New York city because the train makes that so easy. And New York's my favorite. I, I'll go there. I'll have any reason I can find you to New York City, I will go. So there's just a lot of moving parts. So this person asks, how do you manage with all the moving? Doesn't it stress you out? I mean, yes, but also it's kind of exciting. I feel like this is not a permanent thing. I would obviously love for Joe to play baseball for as long as possible, but you know, that will end at some point. So we're kind of just gonna have fun with it while it is happening. And who knows how many years that's going to be. He's already been playing for about five years now. And uh, which is, I mean, great. And it seems like there will be many more years in our future. But at the end of the day, at some point, it's going to end. So I'm trying to embrace it and have this kind of unique lifestyle. Luckily, he makes pretty good money. And um, so do I now, at least. So we can afford to enjoy it and kind of pay for those small conveniences when it comes to making yourselves comfortable and, you know, moving so much and traveling so much. So I'm trying to really focus on the positives of it and also focus on the fact that it's kind of a test to show how good I am at staying calm and chaos because I, I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, I've moved in my life quite a bit. So not this much, definitely not like twice a year, but I, um, I think this will be a good way for me to kind of evaluate how calm exactly I am in chaos and really get comfortable with myself. And I think at the end of the day, this is going to make me more confident and just comfortable as a person in the world to kind of deal with all of these moving parts with grace and, um, to be able to handle it well, obviously it'll probably be stressful, but that's my biggest thing. I feel like in life, one of the best, most amazing things you can do for yourself is learn how to be calm and confident in chaos and conduct yourself well and kind of handle stress with a clear mind. So I'll be working on that. And I think this is a great opportunity to really show me, you know, one, if I'm good at it at all or as good as I thought I was, <laughs> um, and two, to challenge me to kind of up my game when it comes to that. And that is it for today's episode. It's kind of a little bit of a shorter episode, but 
wanted to kind of fire off some questions for you guys there. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. You can do, I guess you can do ratings and reviews on the pod, Apple podcast app, and you can do a rating on Spotify. And I would really appreciate if you guys took five seconds to do that really helps my podcast out. And I mean, the review is just an extra mile though. When I read those on Apple pods, y'all, I literally like, I forget it sometimes that people can do that. And then I'll go like every two, two weeks and like read them. And I'm just like, it just seems like a, it's just so nice. <laughs> and everyone's words are so kind. And I feel just so grateful to have you on this journey with me and to have you listening to me just talk to myself in my living room. Basically. I'm so appreciative. I, I honestly, I'm, I just, I can't believe that anyone listens to this, <laughs> but I'm also so happy. So thank you. And I'm really hoping that this podcast can teach me new things this year, can introduce me to new people this year and just give me better insight into who I am and who I want to be. And into you guys, who you guys are, who you want to be. And I just want to be able to represent as many of you the best that I can and help as many of you the best I can should you ask for it. So thank you so much for coming along on this journey. I'm really, really, really looking forward to how note to self might transform my life in this next year. So if you guys want to come along to Austin with me, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. There's also an Instagram for note to self. It's at NTS by PS. I'm going to start posting a lot more fun stuff on there. That's more kind of focused on the note to self audience rather than just like my content as a whole and my audience as a whole. Uh, so make sure you're following there and that's about it. So I will talk to you guys next week.